I'm Ren Young. And I'm Katrina Vargas. And And this this is That Other F Word. All right, friends, we're here today to talk about mentorship. And we're here. We're here with one of my all-time favorite human beings and my personal mentor, Kim Loth. Um, Kim is currently the Chief Mission Implementation Officer at Positively Living. Um, I met her many moons ago uh, in the League of Women Voters. And I have been super lucky because I've gotten to follow in Kim's footsteps a little bit in nonprofit world. So I was president right after Kim was president of the League of Women Voters here in Knoxville. And I was second vice president of the State League right after Kim was second vice president. Um, Yep, she literally mentored you on the <laughs> Well, at least with the league. Yeah. yeah. And so, but of course, it's not just in the nonprofit world. My my first kind of adult job was in fundraising, and um, my mom and I had just met Kim through the league. This was before either of us were president. Um, and my mom was like, "You know, you're applying for that job in a development office. Maybe you should take Kim Loth to lunch." And I was like, "Well, that sounds like a good idea." And so I did. I think that's kind of where our relationship started. Do you remember what I told you that day? Ooh. About moves management? No, about your nail polish. Yes. So <laughs> actually, we've actually mentioned that. So I'm glad you said it. So yes. I have mentioned you not by name in this podcast yes. several times, but I'll be like a mentor of mine or someone I trust. Anytime I've ever said something like that, it's, it's probably always been, Kim. been about Kim. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 90. No, every once in a while it might be somebody else, but it is 99% Kim. 99%. For sure. Yeah. And so nail polish. Yep. That's a big one. So I had this like kind of kooky nail polish. And I wonder, I wish I, oh, it was in the beauty episode. I mentioned this. Yeah. And I was wondering whether or not I should wear it. Because we were talking about women who are very judgmental of other women. Sure. Uh-oh. And so... I'm sorry, Rin. Can you explain kooky? <laughs> I don't... Kind of off... Was it... Like different what? and silly and whimsical? Oh, and whimsical. It, I, I think whimsical would be like a good word. It was yeah. kind of whimsical. It Multicolored, tada, paisleys. What are we talking like, about here? Like, like metallic? Metallic, glittery. Okay. Yeah. Things. Okay. Thank you. I just wanted to get into the story. So I said, <laughs> do you feel like you're there now? Fully immersed. Okay. <laughs> so we were, um, yeah, so babe, I was wearing this, and, and you were giving me all this information. And isn't that funny that I remember moves management right at the top? But anyway, um, and I said, by the way, so this interview is in a few days. Should I go wearing this nail polish? And you said, I think it's great, but I think you should not wear it to the interview. And what's funny is... Later, I don't know if I ever told you this, but um, one of the people who interviewed me, like a few months later, was talking about that kind of nail stuff, and she was like, "I don't know anybody who would ever wear that. That stuff is ridiculous." And, and I've I was been like, the person who was interviewing. Well, I'm which, really glad I listened which, to Kim. Like, by the way, I do take issue with kind of all of that. We've oh. mentioned this like a million <laughs> times, where I'm like, you know, my appearance. Does not mean I'm not professional. I absolutely it's, agree. It, it yeah. pisses me off on a level that I can't even begin to talk about because I like I can't. And we've talked about this here. I can't go where I work and have like multicolored hair. That doesn't prevent me from doing my job. It and, it absolutely and it's doesn't. So, it's so ridiculous. It doesn't make me less smart because I have rainbow colored hair. And you know, it's just one of those things. But you obviously gave her really good advice because it, the person who in, you just have to be aware of your audience, right? I mean, and, I mean, young young people who work for me now, you know, they do they do them right. right? It's right. It, you know, it's a work environment where they can do them, and that's awesome. Um, you know, I would give different advice for an interview than I would 
give, you know, for well, sure. coming to work for me. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you're interviewing with somebody and it's the person that's going to be put off by the multicolored, right, you, they're going to not hear you. That's right. right. And if you need the job, you, you do well, need to not well, wear that nail it, polish. Right. And if you need to be heard, that's right. you know, so that you can, so that they can see who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And, and, and I hate that that's the reality. Mm-hmm. I would like the reality not to be that. Right. Um, but it is the reality. and But I think the conversations are important. You know, one of the things that I've been kind of learning as both a feminist and an ally is the fact that some of this professional dress code is really kind of forms of, well, frankly, white supremacy. Sure. Yeah, so, I can see that. you know, I, I think that, that, and and it, and when I first heard that, I was like, "Well, that seems odd." But you got to remember, I came up in an environment where, you know, when I was Ren's age, business casual was khakis and a blazer. Right. You know. So, and and there were books on dressing for success, and you know all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, there were the standards were really very different. Absolutely. And well, I start my first law firm. I have to wear stockings and closed-toe shoes. Oh yeah, and heels, and and that's just that's how that was twenty years ago when I started. And it, my my boss, who's not who's not very old, he's only eighteen years older than I am. Which I mean, that's it's, you know, but at the time, you know, he's a guy who's you know mm-hmm. thirty eight years old, and he's like, it's not professional. It's not professional. Have your toes out. Um, okay. Yeah. Toes are really distracting for yeah, some people. <laughs> so are arms, apparently. Yeah. Well, you know, we've gotten into that, though. So anyway. Yeah. So, um, so regular work life, nonprofit life, um, although nonprofit work is your actual work. Some people, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know. Um, and then life in general, I would say also. Um, so in two very important ways. I mean, so just in general, I can always call you for advice about any issue I'm dealing with. Um, but also you and your husband, Kent, are... What some people might call couple goals, but They're Shane and I, so I mean, cute. yeah, very <laughs> cute, and still, I mean, like cute in like the most not not gross way. Yeah, it's not gross. It's, it's not, not gross. gross. At all. It's so lovely, but it's, it's so refreshing to see it. Yeah, I mean, I think even before I met Shane, being around the two of you, I was like, okay, so so there are sometimes people are married for a long time. And still like each other. <laughs> <laughs> and still actively support each other. They don't just support each other. They, I think you guys actively support oh. each other, you know. Um, it, it doesn't look, and I'm sure there are, there, no, no marriage is no, perfect, but correct. your marriage doesn't look like a slog. It looks like yeah. two people who really well, love each other. Well, and it doesn't and, also look fake or like just made for social media. Right. I mean, yeah. it just does. It's very, it seems very genuine and it's very lovely. And, you know, I do often look at your posts and think, well, oh, this is, they're just jet setting and seeing things and doing things. And you guys are so much fun and do such, you do so many different things and I love it. Well, you know? it's, it, it, it's really awesome. I mean, we're getting ready to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary you know, we both had early first marriages when we were very young. We both had our, our first kids really young. And so when we got married, he had two children. I had a daughter that he adopted. We had three more kids, Bam Bam and Bam. And then, you know, <laughs> yes, we know what causes that. Thank you very much. And, uh, and so, you know, we never had anything close to time or money. Right. You know, we, we both always worked. And um, we had all these kids, and we had daycare costs and all those things related to raising a family. 
And so, um, you know, food, just, yeah, right. Exactly. So, you know, Friday night groceries was date night for many, many years. That was the extent of it. When we could afford to add, um, going to the place and having a bowl of pho, you know, in addition (laughs) to the groceries, that was, you know, a really super big deal. Um, and so a few years ago, like four years ago, I guess, um, our last child, you know, left the nest and everybody is on their own and doing great. And, and so for the first time in the span of our marriage, we have both time and a little bit of money. So um, we're able to go on all of those dates that we didn't get to go on before. And we're at, we're doing it. I mean, last year he surprised me with a backstage meet and greet for my favorite band, the B-52s. So I got to sit backstage and drink champagne with B-52s, which was awesome. Um, A couple weeks ago, we went to Montgomery, Alabama and met uh, Cheap Trick backstage and went to the Cheap Trick concert. We both love music. Um, We both love going to to Broadway shows and... um, and we love going to art shows and, and um, just hanging out together. You know, I think at the end of the day, we have uh, such a bond that it's like stuff doesn't really feel like it's happened until we talk to each other about it. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I think, you know, I'll share again, just to embarrass my children, is that we have chemistry. And um, our kids <laughs> hate it when I say that because they think it's gross. But Well, that's how you guys ended up with six kids. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, your kids now are all adults like we talked about. And, and they should know how this works also. also and yeah. so, you're all welcome. You yeah. Know. yeah. Right. So, I mean, but, you know, but the, you know, the chemistry remains 30 years later. Um, you know, I picked him for a reason. Mm-hmm. He yeah. picked me for a reason. And, um, and, you know, he's just been super supportive of my career. When our last son was born, he was a surprise. And um, I had to go back to work like two weeks after having a C-section. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, sure. you know, we know the, the state of um, maternity and paternity leave mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. country, which is getting better some places. But, sure. but uh, I had to go back to work, and he took time off, and he stayed home with the new baby. And, and frankly, at that time, you didn't see a lot of men doing that. No, oh, no. You, no. you still don't see it often, actually. So, I mean, it's yeah. shifting somewhat, but yeah. it's, it's not that. But it's you, really not yeah. that different. I mean, you guys were certainly like a model sure. in my mind when I was searching for a partner, yeah. and it's really lovely. Well, thank you. Um, but and last but not least, before before you say whatever it is that I haven't said that you'd like people to know, um, I just want to say so. There's so many things that you we talk about here on the podcast that you exemplify, and I just I look up to you for how much you just like stand so firmly in who you are and what you know and how unapologetic you are for all of that and. You know, we're not really socialized to be that way all of the time. And um, I've learned a lot from you in that regard as well, especially, you know, being in situations where I'm dealing with people who um, know sometimes a lot more than I do or have a lot more experience than I do and not, you know, shrinking into myself. Um, or, you know, even working with people like Mitch. So. <laughs> I do think of Kim. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first time I met Kim, my response to Rin was, boy, she doesn't put up with Why? And I like it. <laughs> yeah. I can tell right now. It's absolutely, and that's I mean, absolutely the case. I love it. Kim is who Kim is, and Kim will, is not going to, you know, you don't let people just mow over you. And I, I knew that from the first day I met you, and I, mm. I, I loved it because you, like I, probably have gotten a lot of it for being that way because I'm very much like that too 
And I think I found a little yeah. kindred spirit there. I was like, well, ooh, I, I, I like it. I like a woman who is just the woman she is. Well, I, I think I'm able to be the person I am because I have gotten really, really clear on what my values are. Mm-hmm. You know, my, you know, my bad Why? doesn't come from a place <laughs> of just me trying to be a bad Why? It comes from a place of me living my values. Yeah. Right. Love it. So, you know, the place where I'm going to dig in and stand firm and, and say what I need to say is, is not just for the sake of me being heard. It's for the sake of letting people know who I am and what I value. Yeah. And that's what's very important to me. And that's, that's frankly why I am in such a sweet spot in life right now. I mean, my my job at, at Positively Living, which is a, a medical clinic and an HIV service organization that's doing some really amazing work in the community, allows me to kind of be immersed in my values every flipping day. And it feels so good. And I get to be among people that I know share my values. I never go to work and sit in a conference room or in a meeting and wonder, you know, can I give my opinion about this social justice thing or this feminist thing or whatever? And, you know, nobody's going to call me on it. Right. Because it, it, and it's a little bubble, and I have to remember that because there's the rest of the world is, is well, right? Sorry, guys, my headset <laughs> fell. Oh, you're good. But, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I get to spend the majority of my waking hours in this space where I know that, you know, I'm among my people. Yeah. And that's really awesome. Yeah. Well, there's just not enough time to play small. You no, know? and even though you're not, like, an active mem- mentor for me, you uh, are, though. When I, when I think of when I dig my heels in yeah. and I'm like, you know, it's kind of like, what would Kim Loth do? Yeah. You know, it, it does. You <laughs> pop into my head and I'm like, you know, Kim Loth wouldn't take crap and I'm not going to either, you know? Yeah. And so um, even though, like I said, you're not an active mentor to me, you you are. And, and we often talk about you. Um, yeah. It's awesome. And, you know, we think a lot about you and we're glad you're here. Well, I'm glad to be here too. <laughs> I was super excited to be invited. I, you know, love the podcast and love what you're doing and, and, you know, have, you know, respected the two of you and love Ren. I, you know, the the running joke in my house is, I wish the rest of my kids liked me as well as Ren does. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that you have like a seventh adopted child, child basically, yeah. because I mean, um, you know, you already have enough of your own. Yeah, I yeah, only need I mean, another one. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, I I want to circle back around to what you said about you know not not official mentorship, and I I think that you know. That that's one of the challenges people have when they're talking about mentorship. They feel like it needs to be like this really formal thing, like, will you be my mentor? And it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, making yourself available to other people, um, setting an example that's based on your values, um, you know, letting folks know that you're willing to have a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be this thing. I mean, what, what Rin and I have developed over the years is is a true friendship and you know mutually supportive relationship and i'm really happy that she feels like that i have set an example for her or supported her in a way that's helped her um i'm completely honored that she would call me a mentor but you know at the end of the day i'm just as honored that she calls me a friend and you know i learn things from her as well um she is without a doubt, the most kind of 
consistently calm and even keeled person um, that I I'm ever around. You're actually a lot like my husband Kent in that way. It's like uh. he's very calm and even keeled and not easily rattled. Um, you know, Ren is is never reactionary. Right. And you know, I I myself can be reactionary. <laughs> so, but I like that about you too. Yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't always end well, right? It just doesn't. It doesn't for either, and yeah. that's okay. It's part of why this dynamic actually works, and yeah. so and we enjoy um, regularly the three of us not ever a hundred percent agreeing on things, mm. and always being a little bit different and bringing some different stuff to the table. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that's really important. So now, before we get too far into the weeds, we before do... We, yes. Yes. We have our guest questions okay. for you. Yeah. There we go. So do you want to... Sure. Okay, Kim, are you a feminist? What do you think? I, I mean... I mean, I... <laughs> I that answered it. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, literally, I, I have been um, a feminist back when they called it women's libbers. And, okay. you know, it's like as a child... Um, you know, I, I wanted some Nancy Sinatra go-go boots and, <laughs> and, um, my dad used to kind of give it to me and, and cause I would say I'm a women's liber when I was, you know, probably six years old. Okay. So you've always identified as a <laughs> <feminist. Yes. laughs> and, 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 and frankly, I was able to identify that way because my family let me have a voice. Yeah. That's cool. And, and my family, you know, particularly in my father who, um, Always treated me as if I had something to say, and still does. Which is very, very awesome because yeah. you know we assume your dad's an yeah. older guy, and, yeah, and, and you know old school, right? And right. That's a very not old school way of of it, being. It is, and he, that's awesome. He has always respected my voice, so I've I've always kind of been that person. Cool. Um, so yes, I definitely am a feminist. Okay. Right. What do you think about feminism? Um. I think that that, fem, that that feminism is very important to our culture. Um, you know, feminism is is like any other form of social justice or allyship or whatever. I wish it didn't have to exist. Sure. Right. You know, I wish we didn't have to be having conversations about some of the things we have conversations about, right? That'd be great. Um, it would be awesome if we didn't have to have um, you know, training in the workplace about how not to hit on your coworkers. Right, that would be ideal. We're and gonna, you know, we're, gonna, we're actually going to have one of those. <laughs> so I saw the Ernst Young thing, and I was like, so maybe next month in November we'll record a Christmas gift for all of our listeners. So look forward to this, guys. It's going to be a tutorial on how not to harass people in the workplace that right. they can share. Yeah, <laughs> we just thought that was the. Yeah, it's it's silly, but again, I, again, I mean, apparently it, it's necessary. It, 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 it you know, pe- people are just pretty. Flipping complicated, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, we are. And There's not a. We don't all fit into the, the same, same box, us. and that's okay. And you know, but it, you know, but at the end of the day, um, I think feminism is very important. I think being vocal about feminism is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I first started in my career, um, I had some really horrific experiences. Um, not not only with with men but with other women because mm-hmm. there were um, at that time like leadership roles for women. If there was a woman manager or leader, sometimes that was the only spot. Right. right? That's right. So rather than being mutually supportive, women were very competitive. Um, which, when I was kind of thinking about this podcast and the idea of mentorship, I have never had what I would consider to be a female mentor. 
Yeah, I've had right. I've had a, a couple really great men mentors that mm-hmm. I I really respect. As I've gotten older, I've had really supportive female friendships mm-hmm. um, with women my age and older that that I certainly benefited from as far as being able to talk to them and have important conversations and seek their advice. Um, but it makes me happy, which is one of the reasons it makes me so happy now to be able to engage with women who are younger than I am and offer that kind of support. Yeah. Um, my first, you know, what I think of is my first big girl job. The, the day that I went to my office the first day, the woman who had left the position had been kind of competitive with me before. And she basically had wiped the computer. So, oh, you know, I was I was starting from like <laughs> square one, you know, and and it, you know, and and it wasn't like she got fired. It was just like a last ditch pettiness, pettiness that you know. So it makes me happy to see that women are so mutually supportive of each other now that that's getting to be a much better thing. Um, and and I do have younger women, and honestly, younger men even ask me for more formal mentorship. And and I virtually always say yes to that. Yeah, of course you do. You're yeah. wonderful. So. <laughs> okay, who do you think of when you think of feminism? You know, um, I RBG is, is my hero. <laughs> you know, love, love, and love. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think... You can you can look at RBG and say you know what a feminist icon what a woman, but I can look at Dolly Parton and say the same damn thing. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We love Dolly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So our last question, and you're allowed to say like the second or third instead oh, of just the first. Just second. No, just second. I'm okay. <laughs> I want to know what Kim Watt has googled. <laughs> yeah. So what is the last thing you googled? We just don't want you to get in trouble if it's... <laughs> no. She's not going to get in trouble. She'll totally tell us no yeah. matter what it is. Well, I just, I, I actually just finished um, listening to this audiobook, um, and I, the name of it is Escaping Me. That's the thing about audiobooks. You don't see the cover every time. Yeah. Right. So the name of the book doesn't stick in your head. Um, but it was written by Ronan Farrow, and it's Ooh. the new book about... Catch and Kill. Catch and Kill. That's exactly the name of the book. Thank you. I just finished that book. Oh, so yeah. the last thing I, I Googled was, like, more things about him and the work hmm. he's done at, M, you know, outing NBC for their really toxic culture and more things about the Harvey Weinstein case. And th- because that also came up this week where he was in a nightclub and um, oh, was yeah. called out by a comedian and all that stuff. And, you know, I thought that was fascinating that here this man who's been, you know, accused of and, you know, literally committed horrible sexual assaults of, of women, um, m- the majority of with, which have been in the workplace, mm-hmm. right, can he goes to a club he's with a couple of young women and the and the club is filled with people who are you know fathers and brothers and husbands and all those things but from what i've seen the only people that called him on his shit were other women oh yeah mm-hmm. that's what it looked like to me too yeah the comedian and she kind of it looked like she got booed to me yeah she did and and then there was a woman who confronted him and she was um escorted out of the yeah. really yeah, yeah. interesting 
Yeah. Because, because you know, powerful middle-aged white men will always find a way to have a seat at the table or the comedy yeah. club, whichever the case may be. Like, just you please know. leave the rapist alone, guys. Like, just yeah. leave him alone. She's a person, too. <laughs> yeah. And his life has been really messed up by all this. Oh, that's That was one of the comments I read. I feel terrible for him. Oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's actual audio of him saying that he regularly, like, grabs women's boobs when yeah. uninvited. But yeah, like, let's be respectful to him in the comedy club. Okay. Yeah, don't make it. Please don't make jokes about him. Why would you do that? It's fragile. Yeah, Yeah. it's unkind, is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, so that's that's great. Yeah, I've actually been um, listening to a lot of interviews with him lately, and I think um, what he's done is really great. And I think it's what's interesting is he wrote this book after. So he was actually like stalked by private investigators. Yes, it was very fascinating. And when Rose McGowan, but what I think is even more interesting is so when Rose McGowan and all these other women were coming out, like Rose McGowan was treated like she was a crazy person. Right. Oh, yeah. And she's hysterical. Well, super gaslighting. Right. Yeah. Well, but she said things like there were former Mossad agents who were following me. And that does sound crazy. But also, it was true. True. <laughs> That's right. Because they were also going after Ronan Fair. And so he didn't want to release any of this. But then he realized that um, in telling this part, because he wanted to focus on the women, but in telling this part of the story, it brought out even more of this like vast web of um, people who were trying to keep all of this, like a lid on everything. That that's the shocking thing about the book, and and hi, again, highly recommend it. And and the audio book is great because he reads it and he does the voices really well too. Okay. It's, you know, it's it, it. You know, sometimes a bad narrator will oh, get ruin, you can ruin a book. Yes. Yeah, but so but it, well worth it. But the the thing about it, you know, it's it's no bi- big surprise that you know people can behave badly. You know, it's no big surprise that, you know, men take things out of their pants when they're not supposed to. You know, it's no big surprise that that stuff happens. But the pervasive culture of that they built around protecting oh, yeah. these men. Th- that's, that. honestly, to me, it's almost worse. It is worse. I mean, because what do you, you know, the, there's no repercussion that way. You know, if, if you do that to me, I'm going to knock your lights out and I'll, yeah. I'll be fine. But then when you protected that guy and he keeps doing it and he does mm. it to a girl who's not me, and st- you know, that is, right. it's, it's really, to me, it's as much as I don't right. want to be assaulted and everything, it, to me, I'm just, it enrages me more, the protection, it does, like well, you said. And, and, and all of these women were at a disadvantage because of the ideas of money and power, right? Right. You know, if, if you're, you know, counting on your paycheck or you're, you know, you're trying to build your career and, you know... And they were rightly afraid because many of them were blackballed mm-hmm. for speaking out. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. My yeah. my boss has actually talked about that when this started. He goes, "I just don't see how that." He he was not. He's a big supporter of women, and he would never do that. But he said to me, "How does you would never allow that?" I said, "That's me. I'm not a single mom who has right. to have this job." Right. Right. Exactly. Now you take me and you make me a single mom. I have to have this job. Well, there's then, a lot more I put up with because. And what if the person if who did it to I you can't is, feed my baby? What if the person who did it to you is has connections with every other law firm, even you know, right? Even if they didn't, though, right. if I had to, I mean, this job, I don't get to take two weeks off to find another job, right? I have to feed my child, right. so yeah, I put up with a lot more than I would put up with. I've been allowed a very, very great privilege, right? That this yeah. has never been me, yeah. but this is how it happened. He said. Oh, you know, I, I just didn't even think about it. Well, no, and they they don't, which is why they don't think about, well, she went out to dinner with them again. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it... She didn't have a choice. She didn't have a choice. And, and you know, it, it's real easy to make things, you know, that cut and dry. Mm-hmm. But th- but they're not. You know, they're, again, financial ramifications here. And, you know, women really do have the impact of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's... I. I like it when um, people can be open-minded about these things because it is when – so like your boss, like you said, he's very supportive and everything. Right. He just doesn't have a context for it because he's grown up in a very different Right, and he's body. never done it. <laughs> right. right. He's also he never done it, and he that's fine. And he that's right. He wouldn't do it. It wouldn't matter who was working for him. And so, you know, that's – But he's never had to walk in an office and be so aware of like right. his body and is someone looking at me and is my shirt – you know right. what I mean? Well, he's never had to carry his keys between his fingers to his car either. Right. Well, that's the that's it, the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've talked about this and in, in, in on this podcast, so you know, it's all those things. So yeah. Anyway, all right, perfect. Great. Okay. So let's get into our mentorship stuff. So starting with the very basics, what? How would you describe a mentor? You know, I I think a, a mentor is kind of a trusted coach. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I, I think that the idea of coaching is 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 one that people talk about a lot differently now. You know, and everybody wants to be a personal coach or whatever. And but but I think having that person that is going to tell you the truth, yeah, mm-hmm. even if the truth is uncomfortable or unpleasant, the person that's going to you know put your best in- interest forward. I think that's really important. Um, you know, the people that I see. And, and oftentimes they're people in positions of power that really feel to me like they're going off the chain, and I won't name names here. We can all think <laughs> of who they are. But are people that don't have people around them that call them on their... Why? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. You know, that that is probably the worst thing that can ever happen to somebody. Yeah. I, I agreed. It is, is not to have somebody that's going to tell you you're being completely flippant unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so... You know, I think a, a good mentor can can do that in a way that you know doesn't damage somebody's self esteem, but but also who will be an advocate for somebody, and you know make a phone call on their behalf, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, make an introduction. You know, the the coolest people in the world are the people that really do a good job of connecting people with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, okay. and 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 so yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, well, and it would have been very easy for you to be like, well, I I mean, I like the nail polish. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. right. You didn't have to tell her to rethink it. Right. I mean, yeah. well, because I could have reacted not. You could well, have reacted you know, I poorly. Have, I could have yeah. been like, you won't believe what Kim said. You know what I mean? Like, oh, of course, you know, yeah. And it, you know, and, and again, at the end of the day, I would have loved not to have felt like I needed to say <laughs> that. I would, sure. you know, I aspire to a world where I could have said. Go you know, on. You be You'll you. Be fine. I, I, I trust in the universe that they are going to see <laughs> the wonderful you and what you're going to bring to this position and that, you know, however you show up is not going to matter. Unfortunately, I don't have that faith in the world all the time. <laughs> well, then it's just not true yeah. all the time. Yeah. So um, so why, so I have some numbers on this after okay. we talk about it, but why are these relationships so important? Well, I, I, because, because nobody gets there by themselves. Right. You know, th- that's why it matters. So, you know, I was, so I have to, I have to mention him, Tyler Bolden, who is the chief development officer over at Big Brothers Big Sisters mm. of East Tennessee. Um, he's a friend of mine. I sit on a steering committee for them and, and he and I have just, I really, really like him. He's a great guy. And so one day we're at a meeting and he said, what's the first thing you do when you buy a puzzle or when you're going to put a puzzle together? I said, oh, I. You put the box lid up so you can see what you're making. He goes, you're the first person who answered that, and it's 
that's the answer I was looking for. And so because Big Brothers Big Sisters is a mentorship program, right. he said, how do you know what to aspire to be if you never have an example? Exactly. And some pe- some of us don't have that. Some of us don't have a, a, even a man, a man or a woman in a position that yeah. we would like to grow to. And it's nothing bad. It's not because our parents didn't, you know, my parents were great people who worked and who did all this stuff, but they weren't who I want to be. Right. And so, you well, know, and when some, he pointed that yeah. out, it was like, yes, duh. Hello. Like, if I've never seen what I want to be and I've never talked to the person I want to be, right. how do I know how to get there? Well, and sometimes you just need some... So my mom is also someone who speaks her mind, yeah. but sometimes you need someone who isn't your parent, That's right? right? Like, you need yes. other... So, I mean... Yeah, I they're not Katrina. related to you. They have no real interest in you other than their interest in you. Like, right. it's not yeah. because... Kim doesn't, you know, Kim cares if you do well. Yeah. Because she knows you and she wants everybody to do well. It's right. not because she's your mom. Right. And that is different. Well, and she, and, and you know, I grew up around a, a bunch of women who are uh, able to speak their minds. But I do, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they don't have tons of trouble. But, um, but, I mean, you just need different examples and people who have been in different situations and different, like, you know, and, and like you said, someone who isn't like, Someone who doesn't have to think you're great. That's right. They're not. <laughs> right. They're invested someone, in you just because they are, not because they have to be. Someone right. who doesn't have to tell you what you have to say is worth hearing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling Katrina about a meeting that I was in this week that was um, college wide. It was all faculty and staff, and of course, there's like a, a little bit of a caste system there. And yeah. when I first started working there, I cared much more about that than I do now. And uh, they opened the meeting, and no one would say anything. And I was like. Okay, well, I'll tell you what I think. I'm really <laughs> proud of you for I'm that. I'm proud of you too. I, yeah, I that's mean, awesome. I didn't tell you when you told me the story because I was waiting to tell. You know, I'm proud of you for speaking up. Um, yeah. Well, you I mean, know. I'm just I'm much more comfortable in situations like that now. Um, and maybe a little bit of that is growing up too. I'm being a little older, but sure. Yeah, but I also like other people's opinion. I think when I first started there, other people's opinions of me mattered much more than they do now. So. Which, by the way, has been my goal for 2019. Other people's opinion yeah. of you is none of your business. Not their, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, that, that is a lifelong growth for, for all of us, though. I mean, it, I know it is for me. Yeah. I, I still worry about what people think. And, and I wish I didn't. Right. And I worry about it a lot less, you know, than I did when I, when I was younger. But still, it, it, you know, it, it, we all want to be liked. Right? right. You know, we all want to be liked. But I am definitely at a place. I said to somebody the other day, um, and, and this person happened to be a man, and <laughs> incredibly gregarious and lovely human being, you know, smartest, so smart, so, adds so much value. And I said, the difference between me and you is because of your white male privilege. You just want to be liked. Because you're already by default going to be respected, right? I just want to be respected. I just have to kind of forget about liked a lot of the time. Sure, right? Yeah. Um, so I do have some numbers about okay. the benefits of these. So, well, actually, they're not numbers per se, but <laughs> these are from it's from successfactors.com. But compared to non-mentored employees, mentored employees receive higher compensation, receive a greater number of promotions, feel more satisfied with their career, feel more committed to their career, and are more likely to believe they will advance. But there's also uh, benefits for mentors. Um, so compared to non-mentors, employees who act as mentors uh, report greater job satisfaction and organizational commitment, have greater career success, and perceived increased work-related fulfillment. Um, and I mean, all of that makes a lot of sense to me. You're going to feel 
more invested all around when you've got relationships that are kind of anchoring you. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. you have to think the whole workplace benefits from these things. You know, if everybody's mm-hmm. doing better, everybody's doing better. Like, right. It's, well, actually, it's funny you say that. So um, I wasn't going to read this part, but so this is talking about companies who have instituted kind of more formal mm-hmm. uh, mentoring program. Um, but it can mitigate sexual tension related to initiating a cross-gender mentoring relationship for women and can provide access to mentors across racial and ethnic lines for employees of color. So it's, you know, because I think sometimes people are, and we'll talk a little bit more about this as we get down, but like, you know, sometimes it's easier to ask for help from someone who looks like you. Sure, Um, absolutely. Right, you know, and that's, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think, you know, when we're talking about all these issues of people not being relate relating to the other and boxing each other out, um, I I can imagine that having these kind of relationships would be really powerful in mm-hmm. changing that. Sure, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the things about mentorship is is that there are different ways that it can happen. You know, we talked about us, Ren and I, and how that happened. Um, but there are these formal, more formal mentorship programs. And I think that, that, that people who would like to have a mentor in their life or, you know, are thinking about, I would really love mentorship from this person, um, and want to have that more formal relationship. My advice for them is to really take the lead in that and, and to own their intentionality around it. Because you can't come to someone and say, I would really like some mentorship from you um, without kind of having some clarity about what that means to you. Right. Right, Your expectations. Right. What your expectations for for mentorship are and that, you know, you, you have to then take the initiative to kind of schedule those meetings with that person and be prepared to, you know, with what you want to talk about. You know, you can't wait for the mentor to drive that for you. Right. Sure. Well, and you mentors obviously have a lot of, you're very busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it is, it is like, res, you know, respecting people's time and, right. you know, and, and all those things as well. Um, but, you know, when, when someone asks me in that more formal way, can we, you know, develop a relationship? Can you, can you mentor me? You know, I want to know if this goes well, what is the best outcome look like for you? Right. Yeah. You know, so we can make sure that we work in a way that gets us there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and for some people, it it doesn't mean, you know, we're meeting once a month. For some people, it just means I can shoot you an email or pick up the phone and call you when I need to. Yeah. And that's cool, too. Yeah. So, you know, we talk, you know, you have also been involved in the East Tennessee Women's Leadership Summit. Yeah. yeah. Katrina, but, and so this comes, mentorship comes up a lot. Um, and... I just wonder if you feel like mentoring as an idea is kind of a gendered idea or if that's changing at all. I think the context in which it comes up at the summit has been this is something that men do all the time. And maybe Mitch can shed some light on us. Well, here, I I will. If I could jump in before Kim does, it's funny. um, Tyler and I were just talking about Big Brothers, Big Sisters. So Mm -hmm. it starts with. Remember, Big Brothers, Big Sisters used to be just Big Brothers. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was. But it was, I mean, into the 80s. I mean, even as a, a young person, I remembered it being Big Brothers. I remember when it became Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Yep. 
Um, Big Brothers Big Sisters now has more female mentors than male mentors. Yeah. Which is so I, I, he and yeah. I joked about this the other day. I mean, we didn't joke. We kind of laughed. I said it's kind of funny and rich that it would have gone from mm-hmm. an all male institution to a both to now being mostly women. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, <laughs> so Kim, is is it a gendered thing? I mean, do you think? I I, I think that the intentionality around it feels almost distinctly female, at least at this day and age, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that men have typically had mentored relationships, even if they didn't define them as such. Right. Um, when you look at, you know, men being more likely to play team sports right. or, you know, or even like the fraternity system and how that's been set up over the years. Um, and, you know, even in corporate America where it's, you know, the junior associate or whatever and, you know, how that person is onboarded and engaged. Right. Um, I, so I, I think those those systems have, you know, evolved in in for, for males differently than they have for women. And, again, a lot of it had to do for many years the lack of women in leadership positions, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, I I, th- I agree. I think it was, it's like guys already, the guys like have mentors. They have their mm. coach. They have the guy who's above them. Right. We just didn't, and we kind of, and so now, yes, it's become female because we are like making it. Right. We are making it happen. We are saying we have to have these mentors, these women who, and then we are becoming mentors. Right. No, I, I agree. I, I think that it, it, it's so important for women to recognize that. And and to remember that we have to have intentionality around it, you know, how we support each other. And, you know, it, it's just like everything else. And, I, you know, I kind of reference back to allyship a lot because it's very important to me. But I, I think that when, when people don't pay attention to the fact that other people may need to be resourced differently... It's really problematic. And, you know, it's easy to go through life and say, well, that, that doesn't affect me or, right. you know, that hasn't happened to me. You know, doesn't mean it doesn't happen to other people. Doesn't mean that, that, that their life doesn't need to be resourced. I read this article recently, and it was on, I think it was on LinkedIn, where a woman who was an HR executive went on this rant about the fact that when she got a bunch of resumes in and then had interviews, that if someone didn't send a handwritten thank you note after following an interview, they were immediately tossed. That was one of her things. Now, I was I was raised in thank you note sure. culture, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I write thank you notes all the time still today. Sure. And... I always did that, and I thought to myself, well, that makes sense. And then I started reading the comments, and somebody said, what if you have never you know, been exposed to anyone who told you you need to write a thank you note? Right. Mm-hmm. They don't care. You may <laughs> have all of the other qualifications. You may add significant value to the organization, um, but you also may be you know, a first-generation college student or some other thing right. where you have some upbringing where this has just never come up. Right. Right. Well, I actually have heard of people who don't want a thank you note. They want an email. And actually, if they if you get a, send them a note, they don't like that. I mean, it's just... There's no... Yeah. I mean, there, you can't win. You can't win. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a few, a few numbers on this, too. Um, this is from Development Dimensions International. Um, nearly all women in senior roles, 78% have served as formal mentors, but an overwhelming uh, percentage of them reported they'd never had a formal mentor. That was 63%. Mm. 
Um, this indicates a big development gap considering that 60% of women rate mentorship as highly important in helping to advance and grow their careers. 54% of women reported they had only been asked to mentor a few times in their career or less. Um, 20% reported they'd never been asked. Um, and the number one, I thought this was really interesting, the number one reason cited for why women mentor is because they want to be supportive of other women. Um, so 80% agreed with that. And the majority of women, uh, 74% indicated that they mentor because they have benefited from their own experiences. Um, 75% reported it takes time to mentor. Um, and that kind of, so that was sure. kind of the biggest deterrent is that they thought it would be too much of a time issue, which, you know, that gets back to the whole issue of women having to, and do too much. I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have this in my own life. Um, but being expected to do a lot of the household duties, like still, because mm-hmm. I think still women today actually, um, end up being more responsible for the rearing the of the children and the washing of the laundry. It just, yes. That's I mean, just what it, happens. It is. It's not always the case, but. It doesn't happen in the young house. <laughs> <laughs> or, in the, or in the law house. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a question that popped into my head. Do you have a mentor, Kim? You know, I, I have a, a couple of people that are my go-to. Okay. You, you know, I don't have a formal mentor right now. Um I mean, and did you, and did you ever have one? I, I mean, we I, kind of brushed on it, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, you know, I never really have. And, you know, again, I, I've been more inclined in, in my life to have male mentors, mm-hmm. I think, just because there were fewer women in positions, you know, to, to do that. Right. We're, we really are living, um, Rin and I ha- are living in the best time, really, <laughs> because we have you women um, who, who really did a lot, to, and now you're, you're available to us, mm-hmm. and... But that, I'm very grateful because we do. We just don't have the same struggle you did. But that's generally we. So we also talked about this at that lunch that yeah. we went to. That generational divide is very real, yep. and and I think so. The whole concept you were talking about before about these women in these positions of of power and not being able to share. It, I think you called it command and control leadership, right? And I call it that all the time now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very sad actually um but i mean it's understandable that they would have felt that way and and still feel that way right you get the reins and you hold them and you can't i mean but it benefits it benefits exactly zero nobody (laughs) right no you're right and and it is and it is hard and and the fact is that that when you're older and further along in your career you sometimes have very different skill sets than someone who's younger. Right. And and it, that's not always a good thing, depending mm-hmm. what the workplace wants. You know, for example, you know, a, a younger person in the workplace may have, you know, different comfort with certain technology and blah, right. blah, blah. And so it could feel uncomfortable if, you know, you don't have that. Right. Um, you know, but by the same token... Um, you know, I have a life experience at, at this stage in my career that I didn't have before. And, you know, really just hope that, that I can add value. You know, and, and like all great relationships, if, they're, they're, if there's mutual benefit, and part of that benefit may be, hey, sh- you know, tell me about that app you're using or, you know, right. how you use this project man- management tool or whatever. You know, I, I think the conversation is always beneficial both ways. Yeah. Well, it's important, I think, to be open yeah. to that, right? Like, it's, it's silly not to be. Listen, I, I was telling somebody the other day, the one of the coolest things about being, 
you know, 55 years old and, and being at this stage in my career and, and all that is about in, once or twice a month, I have a moment that I call pure Yoda. <laughs> you know, it's like where I say something and somebody looks at me like, wow, you're really smart and together. And you're like, yes. You know, and it's, you know, you spend all your life just, you know, really wanting those little moments. And I really enjoy them when they happen, <laughs> super happen. And, you know, because they do balance out, you know, the other moments where you go, oh, I just really screwed that up. <laughs> so, what did I just do? Yeah. 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 Um, so what's the difference, I guess, between us? We hear sponsor a lot. What's this? Like, well, let's, we've already covered this. Let's, let's round it out with sponsor, wanna, but yeah. let's, um, so we've already talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to talk more about what mentor and mentee relationships can look like. Um, so we've talked about formal versus informal. Mm. So I've even had people talk to me, like I had a, a friend who was leaving for a, a different job who thanked me on the way out. For being a mentor to them, and we'd never talked about it, <laughs> um, but it felt magical. And I think it's interesting. Well, it was real, and yeah, I mean, it was yeah for sure. And I think it's interesting how these relationships can extend from so from that all the way to you know sitting down in a planned right. meeting once a week, having a conversation and like with an agenda and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean. But how cool that you, I mean, in that context, mentor is like interchangeable with role model in sure. a way, right? Sure. Yeah. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, also, so so we've talked a little bit about genders, um, but also ages. So when I think of a mentor-mentee relationship, I think about kind of like me and you. Um, but it actually doesn't have to look like that, right? Oh, no, of course not. Yeah. I mean, people have different skill set and life experience and and. Age doesn't often have anything to do with it. Right. So, you know, having, having, you know, the, the mentors that I have in my life now are not 30 years older than I am. Right. You know, they're, (laughs) they're, you know, pretty close in age to, to me. They've had different life experiences than I have. And, and so I can, I can reach out and, and a lot of it is just built on trust again, that I know this person is going to shoot straight with me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, someone could be the same age as you and be a mentor, yeah, or even so. really in reverse, really, right? If someone, yes. like, let's say you're getting into a field that's brand new for you, and someone is younger than you, but is kind of where you'd like to be, then right. there's it's nothing your, wrong with that. That's right. I think people, and I've said it about you, Ren, you're really good about knowing people's strengths, mm-hmm. um, and and you and you know how to, you you know, utilize them for the greater good. I mean, I've seen you do it. I've said it all the time. And so that, being able to see it is already right. a good thing. And I mean, so you've got a kind of, I think, a wide range of stuff. And I I look up to that. And even though you're 10 years younger than I am, <laughs> I mean, that's, I think that's an amazing thing. I think there's things that you do that, so you can definitely, I, I have a lot of mentors that are not necessarily older than maybe, and like, like Kim, like you said, it's like a role model. Right. It's like that behavior is something I really appreciate about you. I'm going to mimic that. Right. I mean, or I'm going to try to work toward something more like that. Right. Even though you're, I mean, I've got kids that come in who work with us all the time or are like 20 years old and they'll do something or say something. And I'm like, that's very enlightened. Right. I'd like to be more like that. And I do it. It's not, it doesn't matter if they're young, if they're younger or female or male or, and I'm like, man, that's, that's really good stuff. I'm going to do that. You know? And so I, I 
I don't think, I think that we do think of it as kind of an older, and I think it gravitates that way just because that's where we're trying to get to. Yeah. But it doesn't always have to be. Right. Are there any other assumptions we make about these kind of relationships? I can't. Well, yes, that you can't be male, female, or, you know, because we've talked about that, like the weird dynamic we put between people who, or, or other people who could be attracted to people, like they think that's weird somehow. Um, And I, so I think we do think of that as you can't have a mentor that's like a guy around your age, if you're a girl who likes guys. Well, and I think you know, like all of those things. Yeah. Well, I think actually sometimes it's really important. So I, this I probably I wouldn't call this a formal mentoring relationship, but um, my aunt Kim's boyfriend Carrie. Um, it's so weird to talk about like boyfriends, right? Like that's yeah. that he's like her her partner, her her dude, her person. Um, you know, he kind of came into my life at a time when I was, as I was for most of my life very surrounded by estrogen and (laughs) wasn't dating anyone. And so I just, to and he and I would talk about all kinds of life things and work things and to have somebody who um, just sees the world in a completely different way than you do can be extremely valuable Mm -hmm. um, when you're trying to navigate it out there. Right. And I mean, he's, he's a totally enlightened dude though. I love it. Yeah. Carrie is, he is an out-of-the-box thinker, that he one. He is. He cracks <laughs> me up. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I'm so right. grateful. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm just very grateful for... Right, it him. doesn't matter. He's not a dude that you want to be. Well, Do you want to grow no. up to be Carrie? I don't. Not really, but um, I mean, he. <laughs> but he's still a mentor, right? So he that's is. exactly the point. Just I'm because gonna, I don't want to be exactly you yeah, doesn't gonna, mean you can't be in a position of... Of mentorship to me. I'm gonna leave the mountain biking to him, but <laughs> like some of the ways he nav- like he right. he gets around in the world, I do appreciate and respect right. and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, um, is there anything else? Do you want Mitch to um, enlighten us a little bit about some mentor stuff? And I, I mean, as far as guys and mentors go, I don't I don't know that we would put a title on it. I'm sure that that happened back in the day, but it was more as an apprenticeship. Is it? Come okay. on, boy, let right. me show you the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys got that. We yeah. didn't have a lot of women who were like, "Oh, hey, let me show you how we, to navigate well, this." You really, did, you know, but it wasn't in the workplace. <laughs> right. It was, "Oh, honey, let me tell you how to deal with when your husband comes home and he's cranky exactly. and stuff like that." <laughs> um, exactly. But I think nowadays it would almost be seen as, uh, I mean, in higher in circles like uh, Ernst and Young, it would probably be, uh, you know, like a, a normal thing. But it, in other situations, uh. men are almost too proud to. Uh, say that they need a mentor or want a mentor. You know, if you take my best friend, for example, like he's miserable in his job. And if you, I was to say, hey man, why don't you find something that you want to do and go talk to somebody about it? Well, I mean, I just, I mean, I got to do it on my own. I got to do it by myself. I, I mean, if I'm not doing it by myself, I mean, how am I, I going to provide for my kids? It's like, <laughs> by not doing it for yourself. <laughs> I, yeah. What? Why do you have to struggle for everything? Right. Uh, American bootstrap mentality. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's, it's extremely oh, frustrating we and, talked and about toxic it. masculinity he's a, he's a macho. as well. We talked to um, Shane. I love Shane him. Shane has, has a yeah. touch of that. Yeah. But, yeah. And it, it, like you were saying, you know, Katrina, it's it's about finding what you want to be and and, and figuring out how to be that. And and if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. <laughs> of 
I just can't with you sometimes. <laughs> okay. So. All right. So is that was that the was, uh, extent of Mitch's manly we, we, insights? He's done. It very doesn't, powerful. He doesn't get a choice now. <laughs> he's done. Very very powerful segment. Um, I will say I think that it makes sense though that men kind of just like fall into these relationships, whereas yeah. women are we like act, we actively seek them out. But we actively seek out a lot more. I feel like I yeah. feel I feel like dudes have always been falling into stuff like their whole lives, and we've always had the claw for it, including. <laughs> Our mentors but, but, and but women know. are frankly often more intentional about relationships, right? right? Yes. For, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're yeah. trying to get there. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um so yeah. So I mean if you're someone who's listening and it doesn't matter what gender you are or mm-hmm. anything, uh, you know, this is definitely something that you should pursue mm-hmm. in in whatever lane you're trying to get to in your life right now. Right. And I mean, you don't have to call it anything. You just kind of acknowledge it. And if you need one, though, you can find one and you just got to, you got to kind of ask, right? But, it, but it's on, I think it, it is on you to ask because sometimes someone will come along and offer to mentor you. Um, thank goodness for Shane. Someone in his job was like, yeah. you remind me of me at your age. Let me help you with that. Right. <laughs> he, would not have, he would not have acti- would, no. actively gone for that no. at all. But that doesn't just happen all the time. Like you, right. You've got to yeah, be willing to reach out. incredibly lucky yeah. and fortunate that that happened. In so many ways, he's yes, so lucky. he is. Okay. Um, and I do, before we wrap it up, I wanted to talk about sponsors, which you mentioned before, mm-hmm. which has come up a lot at the Women's Leadership Summit in conjunction with mentors. But it's something that's talked about far less. Um, basically, a sponsor, and this, someone could be a sponsor and a mentor for you, or one or the other, but a sponsor is someone who talks about you when you're not in the room mm-hmm. and who mm-hmm. promotes you, um, which I know that you are for me as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. When, and we don't uh, do that. That is distinctly hard for women, I think. Um, and we talked about that, like the conquer kind of, or, you know, the kind of leadership, like, oh, I can't. If I talk her up, it means I'm less somehow, you know, we talk about lighting another candle doesn't dim your flame, you know, and so we as women do, I think, struggle with that. Um, We have a hard time doing it. And so when you do have a sponsor, when you have somebody who advocates for you and speaks up for you and talks you up behind your back, those are, those are Oh my gosh, that's, that's, I mean, just very valuable. It's so valuable and um, make sure you really. Love that person. <laughs> well, well and, and make sure you are being intentional about talking about this the skills of other women. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, some of the best things that have ever happened to me is when I meet somebody and then they bring up a woman that I love and respect and and say so and so said you're the best at what you do or so and you know that is such a gift. It's mm-hmm. like. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, some of the best people are the people that are great at connecting people. Right. And part of that connecting people is to be being willing to say um, amazing, positive things about people when they're not there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, because I was just thinking about my boss who just abandoned me at my business. <laughs> but um, after learning about sponsors, I went to him and said, hey, I just wanted to let you know I recognize you are this for me. And I wanted to tell you how much I appreciate that. Yeah. Because some people don't. I mean, right. some people are just great and do this as a matter of course. But, you know, when someone's mentoring you or doing this for you, make sure that you thank them and acknowledge yeah. what's going on. Yeah. That's right. Because it doesn't always happen. We're not always so fortunate. But it does bring other people up. It makes me feel so great if I've heard somebody say something good. Because, you know, it's so demoralizing when you hear the opposite. Oh, right? absolutely. And, so, and people are really open for sharing that. They are. <laughs> they are. And, and, you know, I try to tell, every, you know, for every, 
you know, diss I make, I try to make three mm-hmm. compliments mm-hmm. because it is that thing. It's because it, it makes you feel so good when you hear someone else talk about somebody you care about in that right. manner. You're like, man, that's really awesome. Yeah. That's awesome that they said that about her. I, I know we're wrapping up, but I, I do want to mention I've got our leadership team at work. We're all reading the book, um, Daring Daring Leadership by Brene Brown. Stop awesome, it. Awesome book. <laughs> I can't with Brene Brown. I love her so, so much. I know. She's so <laughs> awesome. And and so we're, we have this leadership team book group, and, and we're spending our time kind of going through it. She's got a lot of great website tools where she, you know, helps you do a book group like that. And But it's definitely worth, the book is worth spending your time on as an audio book or, or to read. And, and But one of the things that really, really struck me, and, and I think a lot of the people on my leadership team at work, was the idea of get really, really clear about whose opinions matter to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, those yeah. those people should fit in a really small box. Yeah. And we have a tendency to spend a lot of our time worrying about or engaging with people whose opinions shouldn't even flip and matter. Yep. Oh yeah. Agreed. And spending less time on the people whose opinions really should matter. And you know, and when you identify somebody who's somebody whose opinion really does matter, let that person know. Yeah. Super important. Yep. I agree. Well, your your opinion matters to yes, me. Yes, it does. So. It. <laughs> it should matter to everyone. <laughs> everyone just make room just in the box for Kim. Make sure Kim's there. <laughs> We're just saying. Well, if it, it exists, she awesome. should be in it. Well, we are very grateful that you joined us today. Um, will you let our listeners what they let them know what they should always remember? Well, what they really need to always remember mm-hmm. is that feminism isn't a bad word. <laughs> awesome. Okay, guys. Um, thank you so much, Kim, again, Kim Loth. And um, you can find this podcast everywhere podcasts are found. Um, we are at thatotherfword.com. That's right. Check us out on Facebook and check us out on Instagram at thatotherfwordpod. Um, and I think check out Positively Living, by the way. Yeah, that's Definitely an awesome. Do that. We will have it on our website. Um, we'll have this link and some others that we mention, um, any references, and it'll be on there. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening, guys. Remember to find a mentor. Yay! Yay. <laughs>